You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. by the Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60! To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Hey, y'all. Welcome in to this California edition of Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. I will be solo today. I'm sitting in the hotel room in Costa Mesa. Spent this morning watching the Saints practice. I got a few highlights over to my left. We'll be playing those throughout the show. If you want to check them out, go over to WWL Sports on YouTube. But I'm going to be going through my main takeaways from today's joint practice with the Chargers. It was a fun day. It was interesting. We'll get into a lot of that. The second segment, I'm going to play some audio from Mike Thomas. Got a chance to talk to him today. And then we'll also be hearing from Mike Haas and Deuce McAllister on what they thought of the practice. One of the reasons that I have to lean on Deuce's assessment is because with these joint practices, can't be in two places at once. And so on one field, you have the offense, the Saints offense facing the Chargers defense. On the other field, you have the Saints defense facing the Chargers offense. Today, I was watching the Saints offense go against the Chargers defense. Tomorrow, I will be, or when this, when you listen to this, if you were listening to the podcast version, we'll be later. I don't know. Uh, I will be watching the Saints defense go against the Chargers offense. So I'll be able to get a bit more. Deuce was able to stand in the middle of the fields because he's got special privileges because he's Deuce McAllister. Uh, so he has a better idea of what happened with the defense. But I'll be going through mainly my takeaways from the offense in this segment. And then second segment, we'll learn more about the defense. The last segment will be a mailbag spot. First things first, let's get into takeaways. There were a few players that we did not see at all. And they aren't particularly surprising. The surprise was how many players actually got back. But the players we did not see were Taysom Hill, wide receiver Traquan Smith, who's still dealing with that groin injury. Taysom Hill's dealing with that oblique injury that he left practice early with on Tuesday. We also did not see Landon Young. We did not see tight end Jesse James. We did not see Lynn Bowden Jr. Landon Young is dealing with a knee injury that he suffered last Friday, the practice before the preseason opener. Jesse James, we have not seen in a while. He's dealing with a groin injury. Lynn Bowden Jr., unclear. We do not know what his injury is. He has not been cut as far as we know, so that's going to be one to watch. But that list is short, and that means that we did see 
linebacker Demario Davis. We saw wide receiver Rashid Shaheed. We saw guard Andres Pete. We saw tight end Lucas Krull. We saw guard Cesar Ruiz. All of these guys got back in some capacity. Lucas Krull actually did go through drills. He was the only one of that group that I would say was not limited in some way. Kendra Miller, the running back, was also there. That is a surprise to me. I think a lot of people expected him to be out a lot longer. With that knee injury, he was back. He was wearing a knee brace, um, which would be interesting to see how long he keeps that on. But that's what we are looking at. Rashid Shahid was in uniform, but he did not participate in drills. Demario Davis was in pads, and he went through the walkthrough, but he not, did not participate in any of the team drills. We did see him working off to the side with trainers. So that's a good sign because, to me, the biggest concerning injury is Demario Davis because I don't know what you do beyond him at linebacker if you can't get him going. Everything else, I think, you know, Dennis Allen has told us that a lot of these injuries are minor or are not super concerning. And I think that he's telling the truth there. It's just going to be a question of how long does it take to get some of these guys back. But, okay, let's let's move forward and we can talk about what we saw on offense, which was a lot of plotting, not a ton of big plays. It was not an explosive day for the Saints offense by any stretch. You know, I, I would say the Chargers won the 11 on 11 drills. The Chargers did not win, at least the defense did not win the one-on-ones by any stretch. Chris Olave was dominant in those reps. Mike Thomas won three out of the four reps. Uh, Chris Olave was talking trash to Asante Samuel Jr. The only rep that he did not straight up win was a defensive pass interference. The refs were out there today. So we did get to see, you know, we get an idea of who is penalty happy. And there's a a few headlines out there. There's a few tweets out there, a lot of pre-snap penalties, a lot of yellow laundry on the field. And I think to some extent you were just looking at that and saying, okay, these guys are kind of learning in real time what they're going to be able to get away with and what they cannot. The biggest concern I, concern I had coming at it today is there was a lot of pressure in the backfield on Derek Carr, on Jameis Winston. We already kind of got an idea of what that second group, that second team offensive line has to work on. Uh, in the preseason game against the against the Chiefs, there was a lot of pressure on Jameis in that game. You know, some of it was blitzing. Some of it was Jameis not necessarily picking up the blitz. But largely speaking, you know, I think you can look at the at the protection and say this was not good enough. And I think you saw that again today. So I think you have some concerns on the depth of this offensive line. If it stays healthy, I think you're in decent shape. If you end up having to start a bunch of backups, then I think you're in trouble because you don't have any young ascending players in that offensive line group behind the starters. You know, I thought Trevor Penning actually had a solid day, even with the offensive line struggles. You know, he, I, I was watching him a good bit. He didn't get beat off the line more than one time. I think there was one rep that I saw that he really did get beat on, but it was kind of a bootleg for Carr anyway. He was going the opposite direction, so it wouldn't have been a huge issue. I think the Bulk of the pressure came on the interior, came on stunts. The Chargers run a 3-4 defense. It's a little confusing to try to wrangle, right, because you never know where the pressure is going to be coming from. There was a few reps that I was watching Trevor Penning. I was kind of ISOing on Trevor Penning to get an idea of what he's doing because I want to see how he holds up. And on at least two of those reps, I was, like, locked in, and then all of a sudden no one came. He was there trying to find someone to block because there was no one rushing him. And so that's – it's one of the challenges the 3-4 scheme the Chargers present because you 
just never know where they're going to be setting the pressure from, and it's got to be something the Saints get better at. One thing worth noting, and you look at the pressure numbers, and you look at the lack of big plays, and you know the Saints didn't scout the Chargers. They didn't spend any time this week coming up with a specific plan to beat the Chargers. They came out here to practice, um, and the Chargers are just going to be that team that they practice against and get better against. But you're not you're not you know spending time in meetings saying okay, we're facing the Chargers, let's have this really elaborate plan to beat them. Now you're running your base offense, you're seeing how it works. And I think to an extent, you did see it work, right? Like you saw a lot of plays in the middle of the field. Mike Thomas, you know, I'm still questioning his ability to separate downfield to get a lot going on those intermediate routes, right? Like I don't need him to be a big play machine, but I do need him to keep the defense honest in the middle of the field, right? Like I need him to be able to sell inside routes and if he can't do that then it becomes a little more difficult for him to make an impact all that said he is going to feast over the middle of the field that's what he does it's what you need him to do it's what he still can do it's what i know that he still can do there are some things that i don't know whether he can still do them and you're going to have to just kind of wait and see and hopefully he can get some of it back but for now you know you're going to be working on a lot of rub routes you're going to be putting them in stacks with A.T. Perry, with Keith Kirkwood, with some of the bigger bodied wide receivers, and just having them kind of create havoc in the middle of the field and force Mike Thomas's defender to battle through that wash, lose leverage, and then it becomes impossible to prevent a ball from being caught if it's delivered where it should be because Mike Thomas has vice grips for hands and he can still get it done. He can still battle with anybody to get that catch. But I think that's where you are with him. I don't think he's ever going to be that 2019 guy who's catching 140 passes. And I had someone tell me the other day, I was like, well, you don't know Mike Thomas because he's never been that guy who could separate. He can separate, or he used to be able to separate to an extent. Yet, no, he was never a guy who relied on a huge amount of separation. He didn't need it. But he, you don't catch 149 passes that are all contested, right? He's creating space to catch that many balls. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that consistently. What I will say is that he doesn't necessarily have to because he's not going to be getting bracket coverage with Chris Olave on the field. And to me, that was the big takeaway from today is you saw Chris Olave go up against Asante Samuel Jr. and dominate. You saw him make a couple of catches in seven on sevens. We got a we got a question in here about was Chris Olave limping on the sideline. I do think that he might have been dinged up late in the practice. It was nothing significant, but we can get into that in in the mailbag a little bit more. But yeah, so I think what you're looking at here is the Saints are are taking steps. They're moving. I did think the pace of the offense was good. I thought Jameis operated well with the second team. You know, again, he dealt with a lot of pressure. There was one interception thrown. It was by Derek Carr to Derwin James, kind of overthrew Jawan Johnson. It's just, you know, Derwin got him. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily a great decision on that throw. But either way, it's really tough to gauge exactly who's winning a practice because I think the Saints are trying to work on things in their own offense. I think Derek's trying to work on things in the offense. And, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And, you're just kind of going to see where it goes. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One thing that I do think is worth noting, and it's going to be something that I think is worth tracking over the, this, these two practices and the two practices next week, is who's getting reps where, particularly with the first and second teams. Early in camp, I think you can kind of look past some of these hierarchies and the pecking order because they're still being set. I think as you get into these joint practices, you're starting to see real hierarchies of who's going to be that first guy off the off the bench in terms of a linebacker, in terms of your CB2, in terms of just a few positions where you're looking at depth, right? And one of the indicators there to me is you have seen the last two practices, Derek Carr and Jameis Winston are taking all of the team reps. Jake Hayner is getting reps in 1v1s. He's getting reps in the individual drills. He is not getting team reps. The way it worked out today is you would have Derek Carr get four, you would have Jameis get two. You would have Jer- Derek Carr go back in, get four more. Then you would have Jameis get two more. So you get eight Derek Carr reps, four Jameis Winston reps, and zero Jay Kana reps. In the past, it would have been four, four, four. So I think what you're seeing there is like, okay, these are the guys who are going to be playing in the games. We need to get them these valuable reps. Jake, I'm sure, is going to get a ton of reps on Sunday against the Chargers. He doesn't necessarily need them right now. So you're not giving them to him right now. Um, But, you know, I have said before, and I will continue to say this, this is a red shirt season effectively for Jake Hayner. If you end up having to start him, I'm sure that they won't hate the idea of getting him out there. I think they do believe in him. But you have Jameis Winston here for a reason. You are not going to just bypass him with Jake Hayner just to do it. It's not going to benefit you. You know, the only scenario where I could see that happening is, there's a few scenarios. One is an injury to Derek Carr. And then you have to kind of make that decision of how you're going to set up that table going forward. And then until that bridge exists, I'm not going to think about how I'm going to get over it. The other one would be, okay, a quarterback goes down elsewhere and maybe you can ship Jameis out for something because you know, Jake can be that backup. I don't see that happening either. I think you as the saints know how valuable that backup quarterback can be whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, whether it's Taysom Hill, whether it's Trevor Simeon, whether it's Andy Dalton, whether it's Jameis Winston, we've seen them all. And so they're not going to just ship out a valuable backup, a backup they trust um, for, I don't know, what what do you say, like a late round draft pick? They're not going to do it. Um, Like if someone makes a huge offer and it's, you know, they're they're being foolish and you're going to let them be foolish, fine. But yeah. Um, You know, otherwise it was a pretty subdued day of practice. It was a beautiful weather uh it was kind of funny because a lot of the a lot of the chargers players had their jerseys rolled up you know what you would do when it's super hot and uh, i was talking to cam and jordan about this and he was told that this was this was a hot practice for them for the chargers which is just funny because uh, coming from new orleans you're talking about you know i think they had we had six consecutive days uh over the last week of 100 degree weather no breaks uh, and then we got out there 80 degrees, zero humidity and the Chargers players were like, oh, no, it's hot. Anyway, uh, it was gorgeous. The Saints players, you could tell they were just feeling good about it. Um, 
you know, they, they, they like these practices. They're, they're valuable and the players enjoy them. So uh, I, I don't think you're going to have any complaints on the Saints side of things. One other note on A.T. Perry, you know, there's a few wide receivers in this Saints on this Saints roster that I would say did not have a great start to camp. And A.T. Perry was one of those guys. Now, the reason I bring that up is not to trash a young player. It is to point out where he is so that we can make a determination on where he gets to by the end of camp. You know, I had at least two people coming at me saying I was bad-mouthing him by pointing out what he was he was dropping a ton of passes. He's still dropping passes, right? Like his hands are my biggest concern, and I think he just loses focus. I don't think it's an issue with the hands. I think it's an issue with the focus at times. And we've seen it in practice. We see him put balls on the ground that should be 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100. You catch that ball. And we saw him when, when the lights got bright at the Superdome in week one of the preseason, six for six, six targets, six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. He led the team. He looked great. And I think you are seeing that confidence kind of bubble through. Now, I did ask him earlier in the week. So he had a couple days earlier in camp where he took the gloves off and he was just wearing, he was just catching the ball with his hands. And I asked him, you know, was that intentional? Was it to do anything specific? And he said, yes, it was to kind of get used to catching the ball. It was to kind of, you know, get comfortable catching the ball with his hands so that when he puts the gloves on, it's all the easier, right? Uh, it's the same reason they have these little tiny goalposts out for the kickers. Like if you can make a kick, in this tiny goalpost, you can make a kick in the big goalpost. Um, so, you know, I think that's just an indicator that, yeah, he also knows that he has work to do and he is improving and the confidence is clear. The other players who I think have started to show a bit more confidence the last few days, Brian Edwards, he looks really good, uh, but he did not <laughs> earlier in camp. <laughs> so that is one to see. And then, there's one other player that I meant to mention, and I completely lost track of. Oh, Kawan Baker is the other one. Um, Kawan Baker had a really, really nice day today. I keep, I've been waiting for him to show why the Saints continue to keep him around. And I think you saw a bit of that today. You saw the chemistry with Jameis Winston. You saw kind of the savviness of a guy who's been in the league for three years. He's not a rookie. He's not a second-year pro. He's been in the league. You need to start seeing that. And so you did see it today. There was a third and eight rep on one of the team drills where they were marching down the field and he got open. He converted the first down. It was a big play. Saints moved into field goal range. Blake Groupie made the kick. Kawan's the hero. You know, and I, and I don't know if he has a real chance to make this roster, but he could be on the practice squad and you want to keep him around. And so he's playing with confidence. It's good to see. I'm going to go from there, especially, you know, we haven't seen Traquan Smith in a while. Uh, I think there's a point where you just say, okay, Keith Kirkwood is that guy. I think you do need to keep one of those two players and, uh, and you're going to go from there. But now I think that's, that's about it in terms of my takeaways from today's offensive practice tomorrow. I'll be, again, I'll be looking at the defense. I was talking to a few people who were over there. Uh, we'll hear from Deuce in the next segment. I think Malcolm Roach had a big day. He's a guy who I've been impressed with throughout camp. I tweeted a screenshot of one of the plays he made against the chiefs. The ball was snapped at the saints 40 yard line. And I'm sorry, the Chiefs 40 yard line. And he made, ended up making a tackle at the Saints like 44 yard line. You're 15, 16 yards downfield, this 300 pound defensive lineman chugging downfield to make that tackle. That's not something you see. And I think he has impressed a lot of people. He's always showing up, he's always around the ball. You know, you're talking about probably Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, 93. Both of those guys have also looked good. I think 
the defensive interior is something that I'm not as concerned about now as I was going in. But Malcolm Roach is making a serious push to be in that group. Brian Brzee has also looked good. So I think you have a really solid four-man rotation there that, you know, a couple months ago, I had a lot of questions about it. Um, and then obviously you have Marshawn, you have all these guys, you have all these defensive backs. So I think the Saints are in, a, in good shape, and I am curious to get a closer look at how the defense fares against Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all these guys. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're going to come back. We're going to hear from Deuce McAllister, his takes on the defense. We're also going to talk to Mike Thomas, hear what he had to say. Uh, you know, he talks about being a leader. He's a 30-year-old guy in this wide receiver room now. It's kind of crazy to think, but he is that leader now. So we'll be right back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to do that. I am out at Costa Mesa. I'm at the Saints-Chargers joint practice, giving you a rundown of what I saw. We're going to get into more on the defense, do a mailbag to close out the show. If you have any questions, comments, get them in there. But until then, stick around.